Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, Derek and Jason here. Before we get going today, we've got a ton of comments from y'all asking for different people to be covered, questions, comments about episodes. Uh, so we've set up a new email address. It's called lastdays at tmz.com. Yeah, so if you have any comments, questions, suggestions about future episodes, please go ahead and send them on in. Uh, we'd love to address them uh, as we get them. So without further ado, here's today's episode. On April 25th, 2002, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, the talented rapper and one-third of perhaps the most important R&B group of the 90s and early 2000s, TLC, was driving a rented Mitsubishi Montero SUV with eight other passengers, including her brother, her sister, and some members of a little-known Atlanta band called Egypt. They were driving along a narrow road in La Ceiba, Honduras, a coastal town of about 200,000 people known for its tourism, nightlife, and beautiful beaches. She was in Honduras for a 30-day spiritual retreat at a nearby healing center. There's actually video footage from the drive because Lisa was filming a documentary. In it, you can see Lisa in the front driving, occasionally looking into the camera. She doesn't speak at all, and there's nothing really out of the ordinary about the video, aside from the fact that Lisa is clearly not wearing a seatbelt. Three women are crammed in the back seat, and you can see a man behind them in the rear cabin of the SUV. Suddenly, the tranquil scene is interrupted when Lisa swerves to avoid an oncoming truck and then sharply jerks the wheel of the, of the vehicle to the left to avoid an oncoming car. You can hear the screams of several people in the car before the video abruptly cuts off. It's the last known footage of Lisa alive. I'm Derek Kaufman. I'm Jason Beckerman. And this is Last Days, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. We now know that after the video cuts off, the SUV Lisa was driving careened off the road, rolled several times, and then struck two trees before finally coming to rest in a ditch. Lisa and three other passengers were ejected from the vehicle, but miraculously, all eight of her passengers survived with only minor injuries. The accident, however, killed Lisa instantly. An autopsy was performed at the relatively large city of San Pedro Sula, and the doctor determined that Lopez died of a fracture at the base of the cranium and suffered open cerebral trauma. Her funeral was held in her hometown of Lithonia, Georgia on May the 2nd and was attended by thousands. Her grave is engraved with the lyrics of her portion of the TLC hit Waterfalls, which you just heard at the top of the podcast, reading, quote, Dreams are hopeless aspirations in hopes of coming true. Believe in yourself. The rest is up to me and you. So news of Lopez's sudden and tragic death, she was just 30 years old at the time, immediately spread like wildfire. And the, and the response to her passing showed just how impactful her short life had been, but also hinted at how complicated her legacy was going to be. So Jermaine Dupree, who worked with her, he's a big producer in Atlanta, said she was a true rock star. She didn't care about no press. She was the rock star out of the group. She was the one that would curse on TV. She had the tattoos. 
You could expect the unexpected. When you see Lisa, you could expect something from her. That's the gift she carries. There's so much in Jermaine Dupri's quote here. Uh, We're going to talk about at length here, but so much complication about her. She was so talented, but she was also at the center of a ton of storms. And I think that you hear that in Jermaine Dupri's quote. You can hear it packed into his comment, right? When you call someone a rock star, it's complicated. It's not just a warm feeling necessarily. It's that she had layers to her and she really lived life. Right. L.A. Reid uh, struck a more, he, he was the guy who actually signed TLC. He's a legend unto, his, unto himself. Uh, he signed TL, TLC to his LaFace label in the 90s. He struck a more sort of paternal tone and just commented on the loss of such a young and talented star. He said, no words can possibly express the loss and sadness I feel for this most devastating loss. Uh, and of course, everyone looked to her former bandmates, TLC. Tion T-Boz Watkins and Rosanda Chili Thomas, the surviving members of TLC, mourned the loss of Lisa, but their comment was very simple at the time. What they said is, we have truly lost our sister, we'll always be a group, Lisa will never be replaced. Devastating. When I would talk about her, I was speaking like, like she was still here. You know, I couldn't speak about her like in past tense. I couldn't do it. It's always going to be a sore spot for us because that was our sister. From the time she was plucked from obscurity before turning 20 all the way up till in, until her death a decade later, Lisa Lefty Lopez led a rock star life. She accomplished more in those 10 years than most artists in a lifetime, but her life was constantly marred by scandal and brushes with the law, stormy friendships, messy and sometimes violent romantic relationships, all of it was part of Lisa's life. Lopez was born in Philadelphia in 1971. Her mother was a seamstress and her father was a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army. Her childhood was strictly regimented and Lopez found her uh, her outlet in music and played multiple instruments, including the piano, clarinet, saxophone. At the age of 10, she formed a musical group with her two younger siblings called the Lopez Kids and perform gospel songs at churches and local events. You can sort of see the collision even early in her life. When you read stories about Lisa Left Eye, you hear about her father a lot, who was this staff sergeant, and he was very strict disciplinarian. But Lisa was always sort of brash, this creative soul that was yearning to burst out and was tightly confined within these restrictions. And it sort of paints a picture of the type of person she became in later yeah. life where she was just... This is such a dram- It's such a common theme, uh, both in, in real life and in fiction. You have the artist competing against the person who's trying to restrain the artist and make them live a more square and quote-unquote normal life. And, and some of the best creativity can be forged really in that it, kind it, of conflict. It really is. It really and is. she's definitely true to that case. Um, in 1990... She moves to Atlanta, which at the time, the early 90s, Atlanta is starting to develop into this thriving musical scene. Obviously, now it's fully arrived. We've had, you know, waves of hip hop with Outkast and so forth. But it was really nascent at this point. She initially joins a female trio called Second Nature. And in that trio is T-Boz and a woman named Crystal Jones. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, and that's going to be important. The band was renamed to TLC from Second Nature to match the names of each member. You had T-Boz, you had uh, Lisa, and you had Crystal. But it never really found its footing in this uh, orientation, uh, so they ended up swapping Crystal out with a woman named Rosanda Thomas. Now, you see a problem there. There's no C in her name. <laughs> right. So she had to be given a C name, and that happened in a funny sort of way. Yeah, so Lopez bestows the name Chili on Rosanda Thomas because they wanted to keep this TLC name. If you're wondering, uh, T-Boz is just slang for Tian being the boss, and Left Eye is said to have come from a compliment, I guess, that she once received from a new edition member, Michael, from Michael Bivens. From Michael Bivens, from just new, edition. new edition. Member, the new edition 
number. Remember the, the most famous one who apparently told Lopez he was attracted to her because her left eye had an interesting and distinct shape that was different than her right eye. And she kind of leaned into that by accentuating the left eye, sometimes covering the right lens of, of her glasses with with a condom is, is yeah, the story that's promote, out there. she would promote sort of safe, safe sex, sex or right. she would cover it with an eye patch. and she would Which leans into the waterfalls kind of, you know, safe sex mantra and, and, the, and the whole thing. I so, love this yeah. story, though, because you can see Michael Bivens is sort of a legendary yeah. uh, sort of musician himself, but you can see that he was kind of spitting game. He was sort of saying, <laughs> yeah. girl, you're beautiful in the most unique way. And Lisa Left Eye, when you look at pictures of her, she was, she was gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, there's no two ways about it, but also had this very unique uh, sort of face and her eyes are so a little bit different. That your two eyes are different is I, that, can, <laughs> that can cut the wrong way out of the wrong hands. Michael Bivens able to pull it off. You and I might have failed with exactly. That, with that I've been like, girl, those are irregular. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it went well for her and it became her name. TLC um, isn't one of those bands that sort of slowly uh, developed a following. They burst onto the scene. The group in their debut album, which is Ooh on the TLC tip, sold six million copies, delivered four hit singles, including the jam What About Your Friends, that sort of really defined that early sound, which was a blend of hip-hop and smooth R&B. So from the very beginning, Jason, it's really obvious that the band works together seamlessly. They sound very good as a group, but Lisa is kind of the breakout star. And what I'm saying is most of the songs would begin with some version of T-Boz's sort of smooth baritone vocals. You'd get this chorus with Chili, which she had this sort of swooning, lilting voice. But the songs would all lead uh, to this fiery explosion where Lisa would take the mic and throw in this catchy rap verse. She had this distinct cadence, this high-pitched voice, and that invariably in most of their songs became sort of the most indelible part. Yeah, speaking of fiery explosions, while they were achieving a lot of professional success, Lisa's private life was a bit rockier. She uh, famously dated Atlanta Falcons uh, superstar wide receiver Andre Risen in the early 1990s, but the relationship was extremely volatile to say the least. Ryzen uh, charged, uh, he, he was charged with aggravated assault in September of 1993 after a late night incident in which Lisa accused him of beating her inside of a grocery store and then firing a warning shot at a wall outside of a store after two men tried to step in and I guess protect her. Ryzen claims he was defending himself. And of course, there's this famous incident. Rap singer Lisa Lopez is free on bond today after being charged in connection with a fire at the home of her boyfriend, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Andre Rison. Lisa burned the house down. Yeah, so that's in, in June of 94. She was, I guess, drinking heavily. The reports at the time she was drinking quite heavily at the time. May have had a, a, a real problem with alcohol. She allegedly, this is all sort of the stories that came out, and there's two sides. We'll discuss that. She confronted Andre Risen after she claimed she caught him in bed with another woman. After a nasty fight, Risen left the home, and Lopez uh, took some of his very expensive shoes and threw them into the bathtub along with some teddy bear, I guess, teddy bear that he had bought for her. And she lit them on fire, not realizing that he had recently replaced the typical porcelain marble tub with something made out of fiberglass, I guess it was, which which is is flammable. Yeah. So uh, in any event, um, so the whole thing goes up in flames, ended up consuming the entire house. And although Ryzen admitted, well, Ryzen had admitted that there was some physical interaction, altercations between the two. He didn't claim that he was completely innocent in this entire thing. Uh, But he did ultimately claim that in this instance, he really hadn't done anything wrong. 
I didn't do anything wrong, and God is my witness. And uh, only thing I did that he might say that I did wrong, and that that was I slapped her after I had been hit about 50 times to try to calm her down, and that's why I went on a 20 mile walk. So uh, she has a different take on this thing. You can hear it here. What she says happened. So I picked up the pipe, one swing, crack, bashed the windshield in Andre's Mercedes. One swing, crack, bashed the wind, windshield in his other car. Dang. One crack. <laughs> <laughs> Get back up, went back to the other one. Man. <laughs> but we're in the middle of doing all of this stuff. It's like we all stopped at once in unison. It's like we all stopped what we was doing and we looked up. This black smoke just rolling, just rolling from under the... This is so regardless of whose side you take, this was not a healthy relationship. I remember it was <laughs> yeah, followed right. very closely, and it gives you an indication. These were two people in their 20s. You know, Andre Risen's a little bit older than Lisa Left Eye, but they were really going through it. They had a very volatile relationship. And also for people throughout. who don't, don't aren't big NFL fans, Andre Risen was a superstar. Jer- Jerry Rice or, or Randy Moss, some other names you might know yes. at the time. He was a huge, huge deal. And so the two of them, they were a real sort of Hollywood celebrity power couple, both based in Atlanta, Absolutely. Um, and so this was a this is a big news story when all this happened. Absolutely. So Lisa ended up getting charged with first degree arson. She was eventually given a sentence of five years of probation, ten thousand dollar fine. Remarkably, the coda to all this is that in the years that followed, the couple actually reconciled. Yeah. Andre Risen and Lisa Left Eye after the house burning would date again on and off for years until the end of her life. He wasn't her boyfriend uh, at the time of her death, but they really did have this on and off again thing for the rest of the time. It didn't just end there. So, you know, boyfriend drama aside, the band really started to skyrocket from this point. Their follow-up album, Crazy Sexy Cool, is quite simply one of the most commercially successful, critically acclaimed albums in hip-hop history. It has sold 23 million copies. It spent two years on the Billboard 200, and it became the first album from an all-girl group in history to attain diamond status. Uh, so you're really getting a sense. This is an all-girl group that followed the Supremes, followed big names, and they're the first to attain diamond status, which is selling 10 million of an album. And they did it twice, two times diamond status. Um, it even cracks Rolling Stones magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. So it's no surprise, really. The album has tracks penned by Jermaine Dupri, Babyface, Dallas Austin, and even Prince. And today, it still stands out as this sort of edgy, experimental, but, you know, thoroughly pop um, album that always has catchy hooks, yet really pushed uh, R&B and hip-hop in a new direction. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
So no podcast that even brings up TLC at all would be complete without discussing their most enduring song and the single biggest piece of their legacy, which is the song Waterfalls, which we opened this podcast with. Um, it just so happened to be penned in part by Left Eye, and it gives you a sense that she was not just the sort of person doing a rap verse on the song. She was very, very talented and wrote a lot of their hits, including this one. And like his promise is true, only my faith can undo The many chances I've lived with to bring my life to an end Clear blue and unconditional skies have dried the tears from my eyes No more lonely cries My only lead and hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain That it keeps them in the pouring rain Who's to blame for two and gain into your own vein? What a shame you're shooting aim for someone else's brain You claim the insane and ain't to stay in time for falling prey to crime I say the system got you victim to your own mind God, that song brings me back. It's I mean, so good. It's, you can do it's every of, lyric. It's right? of a time, but it was it was such a huge song. It was one of those songs, it, sort of like almost Old Town Road, where the whole world was obsessed with it for a series of months. Right? I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's one of those. It comes on the radio. You still play. It, yes. You still just somehow know all of it. So yeah. the women after that, look, their legacy was complete. But they released their third album, Fan Mail, in 1999. That sells 14 million copies and truly sort of cements their status at the top of the heap in the busy Atlanta music scene. If you're a fan of sort of no scrubs, this is the album for you. Despite the commercial success, the women were uh, enjoying, there were signs of trouble within the group. Left Eye was starting to chafe at her role, feeling that she was being underutilized and pigeonholed into the in the quote unquote rapper of the trio, while the rest of the vocals went to T-Boz and Chili. The women did start to quibble Derek in the media with Lopez grousing to Vibe, Vibe magazine that she could no longer stand behind TLC as a representation of her musical tastes. For their part, T-Boz and Chili fired back that Lopez was selfish, telling Entertainment Weekly that Left Eye is only concerned with Left Eye. And based on what sort of you see, I think there's points on both sides. She was maybe an underutilized, really gifted person, but I think she was also a very difficult bandmate. Uh, and it seems that that's Sometimes great talent comes with a difficult personality. Yeah, she right. was certainly in that category. This back and forth culminates with Left Eye laying down a challenge to the three women release a three DC three CD set, sort of a competition. They would each uh, have the the primary role of a solo album for each one of them, and then there would be a prize given of one point five million dollars to to the winner. T Boz and Chili didn't take the bait uh, and called out Lopez, saying this was selfish, evil, heartless, and there's something to that, right? You have you theoretically have a band of three women, and she's seeking. Well, let's let's see who the best of us. Is and, and she and wanted what, a public competition. Yeah. This is like John Lennon telling the Beatles, "Let's each release our own solo albums, right. and we'll see how good Ringo does." By the way, and well, it's, it's unfair to <laughs> Ringo would have lost that, but but it's actually something John Lennon would have done had he had he thought of it. Right? Yeah, it's sort of that vitriol <laughs> sort of was perkling up. Right, and her confidence in her in her own abilities to win a competition like that. Pretty, I, pretty I guess funny. they they never officially broke up, uh, but you know, Lisa does drop a solo album in two thousand one. It sold reasonably well, even at a top twenty hit in the UK and a posthumous duet with Tupac. Outlaws rushing, busting, we are touching. I know you feel me, it's untouchable. Make yourself presentable. So it's at this juncture that we can say that Lisa's life, you know, she was a legend of TLC and they were already had that status at the time, but her life was sort of tumultuous and and she was at this inflection point where her solo career wasn't taking the same uh, course that she thought it would take. Um 
and her temperament seemed to exacerbate problems in her life. You could see it with the, the problems she had with her bandmates and so forth. So this factored into how she'd spend what would become the final months of her life. After all the turbulence of her relationships, you know, including with Andre Risen, with her bandmates, she became very interested in just slowing down. She picked up an interest in numerology, yoga, new age healing techniques that were targeted at spiritual rejuvenation. Um, although she was just 30 years old, and I, I keep emphasizing that because her entire uh, public life was from 20 to 30, and she just crammed it all in, uh, she had all this drama. So it sounded like she was at this stage where she wanted to focus on shoring up her mental and spiritual health and begin this sort of new chapter in her life. And this is what takes her to Honduras, to a spiritual retreat run by a man named Dr. Sebi who ran the Usha or Usha Village Healing Center. Dr. Sebi, whose real name was Alfredo Bowman, was a colorful and really controversial character in the medical community. Most reports suggest that he was not an actual doctor, and he propagated some really unorthodox views about modern medicine, such as his belief that he could cure AIDS with traditional holistic medicines sourced from Africa. Though largely a lot of what he did involved purging and cleaning the body with natural herbs. I mean, there are beneficial elements to purging and to detoxing. It's very in vogue right now. But obviously, there are some substantial risks when you are depriving the, the human body of all of the nutrients and all the good and bad bacteria that your body relies upon. And when you're really purging this stuff, it can have some really detrimental impacts on the body. And, uh, you know, it's got to be done carefully and under real supervision. And Jason's so sort of being careful but this is a figure who's kind of a charlatan uh, he's a snake oil salesman yes, right and he, you can he see doesn't know what he's talking about he's not a licensed physician thinks he's picked up on his own and then he begins to proselytize and certain people who are maybe susceptible to this kind of thing buy in and lisa left eye lopez being one of them yeah remember she's a young person so she's susceptible to vulnerabilities of this type she's also a, a successful person you can see someone like this maybe thinking they can leverage their practice and gain more yes. fame by attaching themselves to someone like lisa lisa and she was a she was a true believer she visited the usha uh, healing center on a number of occasions during the five years before her death her publicist said she loved Honduras and even considered relocating there permanently to escape the pressures of stardom and hope to per perhaps develop a clothing line, write a book about her life. This is a person who was clearly enamored with what Dr. Sebi had to offer, all of his healing techniques. And so there was some speculation at the time of her death that his methods may have impaired her driving abilities at, at, at the time of the crash. If you watch the video closely, she does seem to be sort of strangely serene and maybe even a bit out of it. As I said, she's not speaking. You can look this up on YouTube. She's just sort of gazing and it has a vacant expression. Um, it's important to note, however, that it, there's no conclusive link to any of the healing treatments she got at the center um, and the cause of the car accident. Yeah. The, you know, the primary culprit at the end of the day is that she was not wearing a seatbelt. She was ejected from the car and her crania and suffered that uh, brutal head injury. And that's what killed her. Yeah. It's interesting to see her. I mean, th they are filming this whole thing. Whenever a camera's on you, you're always going to be performing to some degree. So it, it's hard to look at her and say, you know, there's some speculation. She may have been high at the time. Mm -hmm. She may have been starving at the time. She's purging and not eating. Who knows? But she also may have just been sort of trying to look kind of Spiritual introspectively and new or, and introspective. Yeah, right. absolutely exactly and that may may explain kind of that that look that she had in her face we just don't know we never will know um you know, and even though treatments at Usha, Usha didn't necessarily cause the accident, this was not entirely placid and uneventful retreat. There are two significant events during the trip that may have had a huge impact on her mental state. 
First, three weeks before the fatal accident, she was actually involved in another ca car accident that killed a 10-year-old. She wasn't driving. She was a passenger in the at the time, uh, but it was her personal assistant was driving, and it, it struck the young child. The singer ended up paying about $3,700 for the child's medical and funeral expenses and gave the, the boy's family a little less than $1,000, and the accident was never reported to the police. Very sort of Honduran and sort of the treatment of, of this. She sort of paid what, I'm sure, to the family was enormous a huge, of an, an enormous sum, but it gets swept under the rug. It never really gets reported, but for her death, it probably wouldn't have come out. Second, perhaps haunted by the fatal crash that killed the young boy, Lisa had been plagued by nightmares and visions in the days leading up to her death. It even posted a video about these premonitions shortly before her car accident. That I had a real frightening dream last night. I dreamed that I woke up and... I looked at the sun and it was like a fourth of the size of the earth. That's how big it was. Oh man, trying to figure out what the rest of the dream was. Anyway, it was basically the end. So we've got these nightmares that are weighing on her. We've got the death of this young boy, obviously, that is weighing on her. It's hard to know how they played into her overall state of mind or what impact they may have had on the crash. But nevertheless, these are factors that uh, were certainly present in her mind at the time of her of her own death. Yeah, there's a nagging sort of sense. And, and you're right. When you look at this, there's maybe a performative element. But at the end of the day, she's on a sort of rural type road. She swerves to avoid an oncoming car and she suffers uh, a, a fatal injury from a car accident. And that's really where we are. But I want to move to. What could have become of Lisa? Because as I've emphasized throughout this episode, she was very young, you know, yeah. 20 to 30. And to, to guys, you and our, our age, that just seems very young. She's got all point. the world in front of the her. The world's in front of her, even right. though she had lived and had such a bright yeah. career and her solo career hadn't gone in the direction. What do you think was sort of coming for Lisa specifically? And in terms of the band never really broke up. Could they have come back together? Where were things yeah, I think the band may have run its course. I mean, who, we, we see... We see you know, when people get into their 50s and 60s, they begin to become more, uh, you know, think more idyllically about their la past life. They may have come back together, but I, I, I just think it's all that the facts. In music she she was passed, really right? talented and she was only 30. I know that her solo career hadn't taken off yet, but she was still lined up with people like Tupac. She was still affiliated with the biggest names in 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 music. I just have to think that, you know, if she wanted it, it may be that she would have decided to live her life in Honduras, uh, you know, and it, it, being very content with, with a new, more mature Lisa. Um, and But had she decided to stay in music, I, th I think it's almost certain that she would have had some success. Maybe yeah. not quite what she had. It's hard to imagine that, but certainly something. Yeah, look, I mean, we have some evidence that she was a very talented producer. So even if she was no longer the star talent, she, uh, you know, did a record deal with this R&B group Black, which had a platform selling single 808 some people have heard th those songs as well um, she hosted a, a show called The Cut um, and launched the career of Anastasia who ended up having her own multi-platinum right. career so this is someone who could discover talent spot it produce songs that were hits not just for her um, I have another take on on where Lisa was heading because okay. she had this very <laughs> rare presence and charisma and I think she was going to become an actress because I think she had this sort of stunning look to yes. her um, sort of undefinable the, the left eye sort of mystique about her. She has just one cameo that I could find in House Party 3, the third installment of the Kid and Play movies. And even in this brief scene, you can see just sort of charisma jumping off the screen. Uh -uh. Even. Hold up. Hold up. 
See, y'all ain't even gonna play us like that. Y'all know we roll like filet mignon, and y'all trying to play us out like some soybean burgers? Bruh, we have better things to do. Sex as a weapon. Yes, we're ready to do business. I, I love it because she's sort of like hamming it up. But there's some people who even in a, a throwaway movie like that, and that's by, by the time you're on the third installment of House Party, it's not yeah. a very good film. It's a, it's a money grab for, for kid and play. But she's point. got yeah. something. And, yeah. and I think she could have uh, sort of harnessed that and, and done something in, in acting. So, look. Lisa's Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Her legacy is very, very complicated, um, as we've as we've alluded to in this episode. But there's no doubt that she's one of the most influential figures in hip hop. She just is. She's a trailblazing female voice that paved the way for the futures of sort of brash, outspoken artists. You've got Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. Those kind of artists owe a debt to Lisa Left Eye Lopez. And even though they had a rocky history, T. Boz reflected on the impact of the loss of Lisa and how she hoped to preserve her legacy and her placement in music and pop culture history. And it really seems only fitting to give her the final word here. So I was depressed probably about two years. We were, that was my creative partner. And she was family. She really became my cousin too because my uncle's married to her mom to this day. But I just couldn't deal. I want to remember that we built something great together and, and keep that going for her because that was my promise to her. And that's what we started together, even before I met Chili. 